Jewish audio on Chabad.org. We are learning We left off on Tzadik Amit Beis. We are six lines from the bottom of the Amit by the two dots, Tonon Rabbanon. Continuing the Gemara, we learned in Abraiso, Shoir Tam, that if one had an ox that is still on the category of a Tam, that first Shehem is that it killed a person, and then Vehizik, it damaged someone else through another act. So there are two things that happen, separate things, but the sequence is of importance. First the Shoir killed, then the Shoir damaged. So says the Braisa, Donan Oisai is the only case that Beisdin will try will be the first act of Hamas, the capital case, capital meaning for the ox, as we learned a lot in the early in the Mesechta, that if an ox kills even only once, even only for the first time, the ox has to be stoned, but they won't even hold a dintaina regarding the financial damage. Why? Let's quickly look inside Rashi, three, four lines from the bottom of the Amid. Shehemis Adam another case. The ain donan oisidin the tam ain mishalim elamigufay. Being that if the person will be found guilty, even if he'll be found guilty, from where do you take payment? From the body of the ox itself. Being that the ox is condemned to die, then there's nothing from where the damaged party can collect from. So there's no point holding on the tayra when there anyways won't be a practical outcome. We're speaking about when it is found guilty. First it's tried, and then you f- and if it's the condemned to death, then there's nothing to try the other case for. However, says the Baraisa back in the Gemara, Muad, Shehemis, if the axe was a Muad. And as we know that by Muad, the owner pays damages, Minho Aliyah, from his own property and not from his choicest property. So if it killed, and then the Hizik. Now here the Baraisa says the following, Donin Oisai Dinam Aminus, First, you try dinam aminus, and then the chazrin v'donanoisi And the question is going to be, obviously, why? That's the end of the brayso. So asks the gemara, hold on. In the case of a shoyer that's a muad, kadmu v'donudin nafashos ein chazrin v'donanoisi dinam aminus. I'm sorry, v'chi. I'm sorry. Next line, v'chi kadmu v'donudin nafashos. My have who cares that he was first tried to death. And he's found guilty. So what? We can still hold a trial because as we just spoke out, by Muad, the owner pays Minho Aliyah. That's the question on the Braiso. That I found the Chachamim that were learning in the Yeshiva of Rav. The Yosvi Vikamri, that they came when I asked them this question to explain the Braisa, they right away told me that that this Braisa must be authored by the Tana that holds like or by Rab Shimon Hatimni himself. The Omar that we just learned that he holds that the reason why the trader juxtaposes giving two examples of one hit the other, just like a fist. The fist is on the hand of the damager. You can't lose your fist. And that's something that's available even for the Beisden to judge 
Daf Tzadik Aleph. Alma, we see according to Reb Shemin Atimni, Be'inen Umdana Be'idina, that there has to be the based in assessing the murder weapon. So therefore, quickly let's read inside the Rashi and top of the Amid. Alma, Be'inen Umdana Be'idin, Aflin Izakin. And the same thing is also even in the case of damages. And the High Krah, because the Pasik, Be'evan, Be'egrif, and Pashas, Mishpatim, Vichirivu, Nanashim. The Pasik says, Koi. Fakert, the whole Pasuk is leading up to a case where the person gets up, he didn't die. Even by damages, Beisden needs to assess the weapon that's being used. And she explains, Even in a case where an ox gored and damaged, if the ox is that small, and the victim, so to say, is that big, and for whatever reason, they don't find the axe, which is the weapon, normally being able to damage the victim. So we read out the Rashi in the last year. So Rashi holds that we, Bezin is going to say that it's because of the Chalishusei Shulzevar Akusei. It's because of the weakness or the delicacy of the damaged party that he got hurt. And we will not penalize in a human court the owner of the ox, we will not penalize the damager. And therefore, back in the Gemara, the moment, if you, if you first tried the Dinah Nefasha's case, the moment the ox was condemned to die, there's a rule, you don't delay its death, allowing the Beisden to assess it, to assess the ox, the Beisdina. You don't anguish the Din. Anguish in the Din is an expression that's used when it comes to trying a person. That when a person is tried, in the worst case, he's condemned to death, the concept of death row doesn't exist in the Torah. It's cruel. You're condemned to die, kill him right away. A person awaiting his death is a terrible inoy hadin. You're torturing him beyond what his punishment is. Now even though the ox doesn't know that it was condemned to, to die, and, and what type of inoy hadin do you have by an ox? You can debate, but there's a rule that we learned many times. So the same rules that work for people work for animals. So since the ox was ruled to death, you have to kill the ox right away. So the ox won't be available to make this assessment. That is what they told Rava. So right away says, I Rava told them, hold on, don't limit the b'raisa to Rav Shem you know what we're speaking about in the B'raisah? The Havamina is, is that the owner ran away. Since the owner ran, ran away, there's a rule that ain't chavin la'adam ela b'fanav. Or loy chavin la'adam, ain't chavin la'adam shuloy b'fanav. You cannot condemn a person in, not in his presence. A, a dintaita has to be held in the presence of both parties. So it's a practical thing. Since he ran away, you can't done. Then, you know, if that is what Rava meant, then Rachel doesn't make sense. Counters the Gemara, Ibarach. If the Brais is speaking about a case where the owner ran away, is Kiloi Donudin in the Fashis, even if there wasn't a prior judgment regarding the ox is killing someone. Or more, even if the ox didn't kill anyone. Stop, you're telling me Adin, that if the, if the guy is not there, you can't have a Dintaira? Why is it connected to this case? Is Hechid Dainin Alei, Din in the Mamas Belei Bailu? So it doesn't make sense. So the Gemara clarifies what Rav meant. Says the Gemara, the Kabul Sadi. No, 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 the, uh, he was here. And the Dentoida started. And, bef and right after the Dentoida finished, Ubarach, the owner, ran away. And as Rashi says over here, three lines from the top of the Amid, 
four lines on the top of the Amid, the Kabul Sadi, Al Nagichais, that Ubarach, Hilkach, Ein Lonu Mima Lishalim, Kigoin, the less lane Yichsei. The case is, is that the owner has no properties. The only thing he has here is the ox. So technically, you can only get payment from the ox. So if they first judge the ox to death, again, so then you can't extract payment from something that's going to be killed. So the, in other words, the, if the owner wouldn't run away, then you demand for the owner to pay. I, you don't have, that's a typical dentator. I'm chayiv, I don't have, but you have a dentator. But if the owner is not here, then there's no point to paskin, because we know the only asset that we have now available is an asset that's already condemned to death. But that's also not good. Okay, but in the reverse, what did we say? First judge did in minus, and you know you only have the ox, and then judge din in nefashis. You have to judge din in nefashis. You have to try this ox, eventually. And if the ox is going to be found guilty, and you have to stone the ox, so again you won't have from where to pay. So why does the order make a difference? If we're speaking about a case that he ran away and the only asset is the ox. So the Gemara says that's not a question. Because even an ox that's condemned to death could produce value, which is meridia. Use the ox to plow. So if the ox was first judged, dinema minus, we're not going to sell the ox and give the money to the damaged party because we know we still have to try this ox for the dinner of fascists. But make the ox work. And oh, so that gives value. And that money is going to go to the damaged party. And once he pays off that debt, then you judge the ox to death. So, so now the question is why it's a different time of what? Huh? Well, let me word it this way. You tell the damaged party, listen, if you want payment, then here's the ox. Enjoy. But you have somewhere to collect it. No, you can't do that. You can't give him the meat because since the ox is alleged to be an ox that killed, and there has to be a dentator, and if the ox is going to be found guilty, then it's also about no. Can't have any benefit from it. But now the question is, if there's an option of Ridiya, let's go back to the first case of the tam. Even in the case of a Tam, what did you tell me? That you cannot judge the case of money because the Tam is Mishtalami Gufoy, but you got the Gufoy. The Daini Dinimaminus, Bereisha, first judge the monetary case, and Vinishtalami Ridiya, and like we just said, if he's taka found guilty, let him pay up the debt by the ox's work. And Vahad in the Dari Din Fasha is answers the Gemara, Amarav Maribir, Rav Kahana, Am Zoisai Meres. From this Braisa we learn that Ridiya Aliyah the Marahu, that even though we use the words Tam gets paid me Gufai. Gufai means blood the meat. Gufai does not mean from the work of the ox. The moment the ox works, that money belongs to the owner. Money is called Aliyah. Money is called the choicest property that we have. Yeah, by a tam, by, I mean by a muat, you gotta pay. You gotta pay minu aliyah. But the only option by the tam is to take a shech the ox and take its meat. You can't do that if that ox is being accused of a being a killing ox and you might end up stoning it from where there won't be any right to benefit from. Baiter. Now, the, the boyalahu that we have here was obviously asked by the Bnei HaYeshiva before they had the Braisa of Shimon HaTimni in Abakiva, as we just spoke out. We're clearly, they're speaking about 
a scenario like Rashi pointed out, where one person kiyake ishas reeyu be'evan loy be'egroiv and velo yamus v'nafalu mishkov, and the Torah says he'll get up, he'll get up, and the only thing the damager has to pay is for the here in this pasuk is verapa yerapa. We're speaking about damages, and the, for sure it has to be assessed. They didn't know that. They only knew that by murder you have to assess the weapon. And if one person, God forbid, murders the other, but the weapon that they used is a weapon that normally would not be able to take a life, then of course, Medina Shamayim, it's a whole different ballgame. But Medina Yadam, you can't judge that person to death. You can claim, I had no idea he would die with such a small zetz. But what about damages? They asked, When it comes to only damages, is an assessment needed? The question is not even here by Beisdin or by the Eidin. They didn't even know that an assessment they wanted. They wanted to know whether there's a din of Oymed. Do we say, that only Liktala, only in a case of murder, Hudam Dinan, there we make the evaluation that Bahaki Nafke Neshama, that only with a larger weapon will the Neshama leave, and Bahaki Loy Nafke Neshama. And why do we know that when it comes to murder? So this is based on a Pasik and Pashas Masay, where it says, Ve'im Be'evin Yod. That if the, the aggressor hit him with a hand-sized stone, why did the Torah give a marshal of Evin Yad? And if the stone is smaller, that's the source. It has to be a hand-sized stone. stone. So there we know that. Avil back in the Gemara, when it comes to damages, maybe called who. The end of the day is, is that Reuven was the one that hit Shimon. Shimon prior to the Zets was completely well. Shimon for sure got damaged because of the Zetz. So who says we're going to use the logic, which is a big Chiddush that we read out from last year from Rashi, that if Shimon gets injured, but Shimon to begin with was a weakling, Bezin is going to say, hey Shimon, it's like you're a bad mazel. Who asked you to be so weak? Don't blame it on Reuven. Maybe we won't say that. Shimon was fine. Shimon got hurt because Reuven assailed him. Assaulted him. Just like the Torah was Megala in Masay, Evin Yad, the same rules of the killing, the same rules for damages. So Tashim. What, what, what would that mean? If I, one person, you know, took a stick and smashed another guy, Mamish. damage, broke his arm. Broke his very... So that would, say, would that stick normally... Break an arm. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Because, yeah, absolutely. As, as challenging as it is to accept it. Especially in your example, because Adam Muat La'ilam. See, by Adam... Hamazik or Hachoyvel, we don't say, did you have Kavana, did you not have Kavana? Even an Oynas, if I hit to someone, a car accident, and my, fa- my brakes failed, I can, I'm shouting, oh, it's an accident, accident just for him not to be- beat me with a stick. But I'm Chayv to pay money. But here we're saying no, that if I'm, if I'm Mazik, another person, and that's, gonna, that's the halacha. If the instrument that I, use it, that I used normally would not be able to inflict that damage, then I will not be held accountable in a basin. Now again, there's Dina Shemayim. We're not talking about Dina Shemayim. No doubt that the person is high for Dina Shemayim. Okay, so Tashemam. So now we're quoting a Mishnah that we had earlier in the Mesechtim, that as we learn by the Mazik of Boyd, it isn't only a Boyd, but it's a Boyd, it's a Shiach, it's a Mo'ara, it's whether it's round, rectangular, all different sizes and shapes. To that we apply Din Boyd. So the question is, why did the Torah use as an example a bird? So the Mishnah told us that my bird, a typical bird, was a bird that was dug 10 tvachim deep. And 10 tvachim deep is enough depth that can actually cause an animal to die. 
And from there we learned that when is the the Baal Habar Chayiv if it's ten Tvachim? Mal Habar Shiesh Bekedei Lohamis, which is Asara Tvachim. Afkoil, it doesn't matter if it's square, if it's round, all different types of ditches. It has to be Shiesh Bekedei Lohamis, which is, it has to have at least the depth of Asara Tvachim. However, the Mishnah continues that if a person dug a ditch, a pit, but it was less than 10 Tvachim, now the Mishnah does not say how much less. And the and that animal died, then the digger of the pit, the Balabayr is potim. However, the Mishnah concludes, but if Huzak, but if the animal got damaged, then you're Chayiv. Now hold on. When the Mishnah says that a pit that damages is going to bring a Chayiv on the ball of the pit, does it mean that it was 10 Tvachim minus a drop, which taco could cause damage? Or does it mean even if the pit was a mashahu deep, that should have never caused damage? So let's ask that. My love is not the Mishnah we're speaking about. Mimata lamaila kachashiv. Mimata lamaila, when the Mishnah says that when it's 10 Tvachim deep, you're chayiv for the death of an animal, but you are exempt from death, but you're high for the zakin. Is the Mishnah beginning to speak about a pit, measuring it from the smallest amount to the largest amount? That if it's a half a tefach, you're high for nezek, not for death. If it's a tefach, if it's two, if it's three. But when you hit ten, ten, not only are you high for damages, you're even high for death. If we are going no mata lamaila, then for hizik, we're speaking about even the smallest amount. And v'hachi ka'amar, mi tefach v'adasara. So then, Misalaka, any amount from 0 to 10 can never cause death, but nizakanika, but it could cause damage. Any amount from 0 to 10, which Alma from here you would see, that linizakan kolduhu, shmamino, ainanum linizakan, that will be taka proof. A kolduhu pit cannot even cause damage. Even though here in California, when there's a kolduhu pit and someone trips, oi, do they sue? But that's a marishkite. Kolduhu cannot even cause a damage. Nevertheless, and the Mishnah says, you're chayv, which means ainanum linizakan. So the Gemara says, no, that's no proof, because maybe the Mishnah is not going from 0 to 10. We're not going milmata lamaila. We're going milmaila lamata. In other words, the Mishnah is saying that if you dig a pit, 50 tvachim deep, 40 tvachim deep, 30 tvachim deep, as long as it's still 10 tvachim, you're chayiv for the death. If it's not that, so if we're beginning with a larger number, and we're going milmaila lamata, and then we're saying, and if it's not 10, we mean if it's 10 minus a drop. 10 minus a drop is not chayiv misa, but you're chayiv for nezakin. But you're only chayiv for nezakin when it's a little bit less than 10. It's still 9. 9 can cause nezik. But maybe if it will be a call to who, you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't be chayiv for anything. That mil Even if it's only asara, avada if it's 20, avada if it's 30, you're chayiv for the death of an animal. Still misa But pachus masara purta, the moment it's a drop less than 10, then... Only nizak and ikah, misa leka, but But still, it has to be just a drop less than ten. It has to be at least large enough to be able to cause damages. That yesh amid lenizakin and v'chol midio mida, and therefore in every single case, ki hecha dimitaska beibayinon. You have to assess whether in that scenario was the weapon used able in normal circumstances to cause damage. So since we don't know whether the Mishnah is milmata lamaila or milmaila lamata, there's no proof from the Mishnah. So Tashima, another attempted proof from Abraisa. We're speaking about a master that owns an Evet Kanani. And the Torah says that if the master hits and wounds the Evet Kanani 
by knocking out one of his 24 limbs that do not regenerate. So the penalty on the master is he has to set the Evet Kanani free. He If the master hit him on his eye and he blinded him. Allah if he hit him on his ear and he made him deaf. So the din is Evet Then he goes out free. But very important. Rashi says means he hit the wall near the Evet and from the fright, from the noise and the fright, the Evid who focused on it lost his vision, lost his ability to hear. Interesting. So he called, The Evid does not go free. Why not? Here you see that an assessment has to be made. And we are assuming that that should not normally blind a person. If someone hits a wall near you and there's taka, sudden noise, even if you were frightened to become blind, that's not something that should cause blindness. That's not something that causes deafness. Now, if it happened, we don't blame the aggressor. So that's a proof. You have to be Again, says the Gemara I'll tell you that there's a, there's a few levels. First, Madrega number one is, is that the assailant used a weapon that Taka could cause damage. And for sure he's Chayv. Then there is a case that we're debating when he used the weapon. The assailant was the one that actively hurt the victim. Elamah, he used something that normally shouldn't have hurt him. Here we're speaking about something even lower. Here he hit the wall. He didn't touch the victim. And more than that, if the victim wouldn't have focused his Kavana on the fright that he experienced, then he wouldn't have gotten damaged. So here we're going to mamash blame the victim. Here the reason why the, the master is off the hook is because the slave is the one that sent himself into shock. And like we learned in Abraissa, if a person startles his friend, you know, boo, you scare someone. So the din is Kate said, for example, talk about Aznai, if he shouted in his ear, and he made him deaf, then he's going to be potter. However, the Braise there continues, if Achzoi, if the assailant grabbed the victim, he grabbed him, and then the talk about Aznai, and then he shouted in his ear, and Vecheisha, he's going to be Chayif. So what's the proof that shouting, let's go, is not something, let's assume, that can ordinarily cause deafness. However, when the victim focuses his mind on the fright of the noise, that is part of what causes the damage. So if the assailant physically held him, then you say, of course he focused his attention. He was being grabbed. But if he did not grab him, then we blame the victim even more. Who? The Avas Anafshe. You, you scared yourself. And therefore, there's no proof regarding our question if yesh oimid or ain oimid lenizakin. So goes on the Gemara Toshimah, we learned in Abraisam that the five things which a Adam hachoivel b'chaveri has to pay for, oimdim oisoivin oistam lemeyad, you make an assessment and Bazdin forces the Salem to pay immediately. In other words, when it comes to Nezek, when it comes to Tsar, when it comes to Boishas, whatever the assessment is, pay right away. That's easy. But what about the other two? What about Ripui? And what about Shevis? How much will it cost? How much non-employment will that person have? Now what the Hachamim want to avoid is having the assailant constantly schlep to Beisden. But what do you do? 
So Ripoy, the only thing you can do by Ripoy and by, and by Sheves is have a projected, we project that for this damage you'll need X amount of money for Ripoy. For this damage you'll have X amount of time that you won't be employed. But it's not a science, we don't know for sure. Unlike Nezek, Nezek we know, you know, this is how much you were worth before, this is how much you're worth now in the slave market, the damage was $100. So it says, Ripoy and Sheves, Ache Yisrape, he has to pay him until he gets better. So what, do we, so what do we do? We assess it and we penalize the assailant with this projected amount. Now what happens? Um, do, they made the assessment and he paid him. But But he was progressively deteriorating. In other words, they thought that, you know, okay, you got hurt and you're going to get better in a month. And that's, that's the money that you need to get better. And that's the amount of unemployment for one month. But he didn't get better in a month. He got, they got better in eight months. So says the Braisa, you only give to the victim only the projected damage. Why here again Rashi says, because we say on the victim, it was the victim's bad muzzle that had him schlep out her healing. And we don't we don't charge the assailant. Likewise, Amduvahivri, the opposite. They assess that he'll need to have a month of healing. And upside the, the victim was stark and he got better in half the amount of time. He didn't need all that money for healing. Here also, he doesn't give anything back. They give all of the money. Why? Rashi says, because the the fact that he got better quickly, that's his good muzzle. Works both ways. So says the Gemara, so from here you see, that you assess. So the Gemara counters, why are you hacking this b'raisa to our case? Counters the Gemara. Assessing the person, how long will he need to get better? How much unemployment he'll have? You know, how long will he be incapacitated because of the Zets? How much will he not be incapacitated? Of course, the Vada Yom Dinan. That has nothing to do with our question. What was our question? Do we have to assess the object that was used to assault the other? The, the instrument of murder, the instrument of damage, there the question is, do we have to assess it to see if ordinarily it would have caused the damage or not? My, for that, we don't have any proof from the Braisa of assessing the person regarding healing and Sheves. So finally, Tashima, now you know why it's here. Now we quote the Braisa that we learned in the last year. That Shimon, Hatimni, Oimer, that when the Torah, Pashas Meshpatim, Kiribun, Anoshim, why Why does the do examples? To teach you my egroif, just like a fist. It is unique. Because it's available for inspection. Because when the assailant is taken to court, he can't leave his fists at home. It's part of his body. So Shmamino, Yesh Aimid Linizak and Shmamino. And by the way, the proof isn't only from Shimanatimni. Even Rabbi Kiva that disagrees, Rabbi Kiva holds that the Aidim are good enough to make the assessment. But the Aidim have to assess it because Rabbi Kiva himself said that he learns from the Egrif that if the stone that the assailant used fell out of the hand of the assailant and got lost before the witnesses saw it, then you can't take that person to a you can't pass it over here. What everyone holds, you have to have assessment. Let's go on. Shmamino, Amar Ma, we learned before that Amdu Vehivri, that if a person was injured, being that we want to right away get all the money out of the assailant, 
We don't want it to be schlepped every month to build a salient. So Bayesden makes a projected assessment. And, and if, even if he got better, he gets to keep the money. He doesn't have to give it back to the mazik, to the chayvul. So says the Gemara, this is going to be a proof, this b'raisa will be a proof to that which Rava said. If a person was assessed, that he'll have to take a whole day off. And already in the half a day, he's not bed bound. He goes back to work. And he goes back to work. We don't say, ah, the aggressor says, you told me to give him unemployment, but he went to work. You don't say that. You say that when Bezdin assessed the wound, the wound normally would have kept him in bed the whole day. I, this guy got out of bed, we say, min min that this has to do with his good mazel, that Hashem made him heal quicker, but the assailant did something of a day damage. It should have put him out of work for a day, and he has to pay for that. Now, the Mishnah said, and that was talking an amazing Mishnah, that the Rakak was speaking about Boishas, that if the humiliator, the mazik, the assailant, spit at the humiliated, only if the Higiyabai Haraik, only if the spittle hit the body of the victim, do you have to pay the large amount of money. The Mishnah says, I think, 400 zuz. That's a, that's a, that's a big... Kanas, that's for shame. Or if a humiliator took off the outer garment of the humiliated, even only the outer garment on the street. People then were very formal. People walked, you know, with a shirt and with a jacket. And if someone took the other guy's jacket off, he ashamed him and he has to pay for hundreds of us. So Amr Papa says that Papa regarding the spit or the spittle, that's only if the spit touched him. But if it touched his garment, then he doesn't have to pay this 400 zuz. One second. Okay, let's say the spittle only touched his garment. The humiliated party doesn't feel that much shame. But why is this worse than A, a shaming B with words? It doesn't touch him, doesn't touch his garments. So the Gemara says, yeah. Exactly. When A, a shames B with words, he doesn't pay any money. That be shebidvarim pater miklom. Now, chavre, we're not going to forget what we learned this in Saita, and we're going to learn this many times. That hamavayish as penei chaveri barabim ein loy chelik loyelam haba. We're not denying that the worst thing in the world is to ashamed. Here, we're learning bavakama monetary penalties, and how do you monetize pain? And it's very difficult. Shame. So for that, the chachamim says to penalize someone financially for shaming. By spit, it's only if it touched his body. If it didn't touch his body, it's a horrible thing. But money you cannot extract from him. Same thing with the spittle. What spit? Shame someone when it touches the body. If it didn't touch the body, it's like a bishay which is a terrible aveda, but there's no financial penalty. So when the Tanakama says, we spoke this out last year, they asked in the yeshiva, which the Mishnah gave different penalties, a sela, a mana, 200 zuz, 400 zuz. And then the Tanakama says, well, it all depends on the level of dignity of the humiliated, of the damaged party. What does he mean by that? Does he mean that the minimum is 400 zuz? And if he's more honorable, you got to pay more? Or does the Tanakama, is the Tanakama saying that the numbers that I gave you was the max? That's the Lakula. 
if he's not that dignified, if he's a poor person, then he pays less than that. Then the mazik pays less than that. So is it lukula or lukumra? Do we say lukula kamar? Our Mishnah means. We did have before, if I'm not mistaken, Shita Sarav Meir, that says that financially it doesn't change. Only the age, the finances doesn't cause it to change. We had a few daf ago. In other words, if the guy, what, what they're saying in our mission is, is that if he's financially poor, so to begin with, he doesn't feel that much shame, so it, you, know, you pay him less money. Rav Meir says it's all the same. But Rav Meir, even Rav Meir was made, we learned that if the guy is younger or older, or in a different social status, that, that will affect. So do we say that the Ika Ani Duloi Boyle Mishkakula Hai Lukula means that the 400 Zuz is only if he's wealthy. If he's poor, you pay less. Tanakam is not taking it more. That the Ika Ashir, that if the guy is wealthy, the Boyle Mesev Leitfei, you have to give him even more. So the Gemara is going to tell you that from the statement of Rabbi Kiva, and we're going to learn the Gemara with Rashi, and the story that the Mishnah brings to back up Rabbi Kiva, we will extrapolate that the Tanakam is Lukula. Why? Because it says in Midukamarabakiva says that even the poorest person, we consider him he's an aristocrat. Yeah, not wealthy now. that lost his money, but a person who was wealthy that lost his money feels a lot more shame than a person that was poor from the beginning. And why are we Bene Khairin? Because we are Bene Avramitzakviyakov. Yeah, we lost our money temporarily. And Rashi adds, and on that, the Mishnah brought the story of the woman who she herself uncovered her hair, showing that she doesn't feel busha. Still, Rabbi Kiva said that the one who uncovered her hair prior to that has to give her 400 zoos. Now, Rabbi Kiva for sure is being more machman than the Tanakama, because he's telling the Tanakama that even if the guy is poor, we judge him as if they were wealthy, but they lost their wealth. Now, if the Tanakama meant Luchumra, Meaning that the 400 zoos for Bouchon, for uncovering a woman's hair in public, that's, that's the minimum. But if they are wealthier, you got to pay more. Then Rabbi Kiva would for sure hold that. And how much money did Rabbi Kiva pass in? Only 400 zoos. So since Rabbi Kiva is L'chumra, and he's more than the Tanakama, and the most he penalized that person was 400 zoos, that's a proof. Tanakama would hold in the story of the Mishnah, that again, even though she uncovered her hair for one Isr, he would pay her less. That was the whole point. Maybe, maybe more than an Isr, but he would pay her less. Rabbi Kiva, she holds, no, she's an aristocrat. I, she ashamed herself. That was the whole point of the Mishnah. Let's read it here in the Gemara. There was a man that uncovered a woman's hair in the market. And Rabbi Kiva, Paskin, give her 400 Zeus. And that person tells Rabbi Kiva, okay, give me time. And Rabbi Kiva gave him time. And he used that time to prove that she doesn't care that much of having her hair covered or not. So now, the first of all, asks the Gemara, Do we give a person time? Or we have from Rabbi Yishaya Pik, from the Messiah Sashas, I'm sorry, from the Rosh, that it's Rabbi Echanan. Rabbi Echanan, Rabbi Chanina said, You don't give people time. Now, we spoke this out when we learned the Mishnah. If a person has no money and no assets, what do you mean you don't give him time? There's no option. You have to give him time. Speaking about a person that doesn't have cash flow, but they have assets. If Bayesden were to force the, the, the guilty party pay now, they would be forced to sell their assets quickly, which means they would lose money. Because when, any, when I know that you're selling something, a fire sale, 
kick the guy when he's down, you take advantage of that. Kiminik. Oh, so the question is, do you force a person to sell something quick? Rabbi Yechinen says, yeah. Once you damage someone and they pass it, you got to pay $100. If you cry, chanished, based and says, sell today your car, sell today your house. So why did Rabbi Kiva give him time? A very important rule. It says, the Gemara, When, yeah, when don't we give the guilty party time? It's only, It's only if the wound was something that caused a loss to the damaged party. Nezek. That's different. But when it comes to Baishas, shame, it's horrible to be ashamed. But it doesn't cost you money. You didn't lose money. Since there was no money lost, there we do give time. So Rabbi Kiva gave him time. And what did this Chacham do? I'm saying Chacham Belashon Saginor. He's a horrible man. He shamed a woman. And now he's trying to get himself out of it. But what he did was, he, sta- he stood at the wait at the woman's courtyard. Quickly the story. And the woman walked out of her house. And, and he broke a jug of her oil. Let's say it was her oil that had a, a dime worth of oil. But she didn't want to lose that oil. So to save the oil, she uncovered her hair. She took the oil and put it in her hair. So that man went running back to Rabbi Kiva saying, Aha, you see, you charged me 400 zoos to taking off her hair covering. She, to save one isid, uncovered her own hair. She ashamed herself. So Rabbi Kiva told him, you got to pay the 400 zoos. And he gave two great examples. If a person damages themselves, the Mishnah used the words, even though they're not allowed to do that, but they're putter, because how can you pay yourself? But if someone else damaged them, they're chayiv. They can't say, well, that person damages themselves anyway. Or if a person uproots their own trees, even though they're not allowed to do it, and there's a monetary penalty, but you can't pay yourself. But if I uproot your trees, I'm chayiv. So here also, she taka shouldn't have ashamed herself. She doesn't currently feel any shame, but really she does feel shame. She's b'nai, you know, b'nai, b'nai, Pair the 400 zoos. Now, we have the same exchange in Abraisa. But we learned in Abraisa that Rabbi Kiva used different words. That Rabbi Kiva told this man, You dived into mighty waters. You went through this whole scenario. All you brought up was a chart. People used to dive to bring up pearls. Until today. Today it's easier. Today you can bring with you the oxygen. Then they dived without the oxygen. You, you dived in and you came up with nothing. Why? And look at the words in the Baraisa. A person is allowed to damage themselves. So the conclusion is the same. Bottom line is Rabbi Kiva penalized that guy, the 400 zoos. It stood. But what did Rabbi Kiva say? Did he say that even though a person is not allowed to damage themselves, but if they did so, nothing you can do to them. But if someone else does it, they're chayif. Here he said, Adam so there's a stira between the Brais and the Mishnah. So the first attempted answer, Khan, the Mishnah speaking about a Chabalah. And Chabalah, a wound is something that one is not allowed to afflict on oneself. But Khan and the Brais are shame. A person is allowed to ashamed themselves. We're not advocating it. But there's no Isr. So ah, that doesn't work. Because our Mishnah is also speaking about shame. The whole thing was about shame. It's getting late, we got to run quicker. And nevertheless, implying shame. So they still insisted. The answer is, what Rabbi Kiva told this man, not, it goes with. I understand the question. Boishes, I thought you're allowed to do to yourself. That's what we're answering here, right? 
The Mishnah spoke about the words and just the words. If our Mishnah is speaking about shame, then how can Abba Kiva use the words Yes, Rishoy. The words. So answers the Gemara, let me buy, let me buy your Baishas. Rabbi Kiva told them both things. Goes without saying that in our case, by Busha, that Adam Rishoy Levayashatsmai, you can shame yourself. Rabbi Kiva then just added, even when it comes to a physical wound, the ain Adam Rishoy still, if one wounded oneself, Bazin is not going to say pay. Your right pocket cannot pay your left pocket. But on the other hand, if someone else damaged that person, that logic still stands. Because if I, God forbid, damage myself, you cannot use that by saying, well, since I did it to myself, you have the right to do it. It doesn't work that way. Still, the Gemara is asking, is it true that a person cannot wound themselves? Now, this b'raisa is regarding laws in Shavuot. When it comes to taking oaths, there are different types of oaths. There's an oath that's called Shfuas Bitoi, a utterance. Also, if a person makes an utterance, and the Torah uses the words that Oynefesh ki si shava levate bisfosayim, if you moved your lips, lahara oylehetiv, for good or for bad, if I took an oath that I will do something good or I will do something bad, and I did not do what I swore, I got to bring a carbon, carbon oylehetiv, and depending how wealthy the person is, accordingly the type, animal, bird, etc. So it says in Ebraisa, Yachal, you would think, now, to gain time, Based on what the Bryce has said before, it's not Negea here, you would think that that if a person took an oath to harm themselves, and they did not harm themselves, they broke their oath. But based on what the Bryce has said before, you think that the person will be pater? So no, the Pasuk puts together, you made an oath of utterance for bad or for good, to tell you, just like if I take an oath to do something that is in the category of Rishos, and I don't do it, I'll... I violated my oath. That means that if a person takes an oath to do a mitzvah, if I swear to do something that's not in the category of rishus, and I don't do the mitzvah, God forbid, I won't be penalized for the oath that I make. And we'll learn that in Shavuos, you know, ain't Shavuah, halal Shavuah, I already took an oath to do a mitzvah by Mount Sinai. I can't take another oath on top of that. But coming back over here, just like Atavah is in an area of rishus, your chayv, if a person said, I swear to do something bad to me, since it is in the category of Rishus, it's in the category of permissible. That means it's not a sin, then, uh, then I'm chayiv to bring a carbon oil So that's already a stira. It says clearly that if a person swears to harm themselves, it's not an oath to violate a rule in the Torah. Harming oneself is not prohibited. But before we go on, the Braise continues, Avi, that's the case that if a person swore, I swear I'll hurt myself, and I didn't hurt myself, I have to bring a carbon. I violated my oath. The oath was in the area of Rishus. But here you see it's Rishus, it's not an Isur. So Omar Shmuel, Shmuel gave a Gavaldic answer. What does the Braise refer to? What type of harming oneself that is in the category of Rishus? When a person says, I'm going to fast today, I'm not mutilating myself. I'm putting myself into pain. That's Rishus. But if I, God forbid, speak about harming myself physically, that's already prohibited. The Kavasa, still the Gemara asks, that doesn't work. Because if you continue reading in the Braisa, the Kavasa Gabaros Acherim, Lashivim Betainis, Acherim So the Braisa continues, what will happen if a person takes an oath to harm someone else? 
So, so there the Braissa says that if I take an oath to harm someone else, if I break my oath, I don't have to bring a carbon because harming someone else is always prohibited. And if I make an oath in the permitted, in, in the Isur, then there's no uh, p- penalty for breaking that oath. But how is it Shaykh? If the type of harming is about fasting, how is it even possible for me to take an oath that I'll make other people fast? So the says, yeah, you could make such an oath. How? The Mahadik be indroino that you lack other people in a room. So a person took an oath, I'm taking an oath that I'm gonna lock that guy up and I'll give him food. And if I didn't do it, I'm not high for my shuas bitui, there are other issues, because it was not in the area of the shuas. But still, we learned that what is the Braissa speaking about? Dafkin, not about fasting. It's about the if a person says, I swear that I'll hit that guy and split his brain open. And I don't do it, I'm not chayev for my uh, oath because it wasn't rishos. So clearly you see, for the b'raisa to be consistent, when it's speaking about doing bad for oneself or for others, it has to be the same type of bad. And from the words of the b'raisa, it comes out that harming someone bodily, harming oneself, is not prohibited. So is it or is it not? So it answers the Gemara, Ela tanoye, it's a machlekes tanoyim. Ikalamanda Omar, ain't Adam Rishoyel Achabu Ba'atzmoyim. One is not a lot of harm on self. Ikalamanda Omar, Adam, yes, Rishoyel Achabu Ba'atzmoyim. And now Taisva says, beautifully, now we go back to the beginning of the sugya. We had a contradiction between the Mishnah and the Braisa. In what exactly did the Rabbi Kiva tell that person? So what the Gemara is saying is, is that there is a machlekes tanoim in the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Some tanoim hold that Rabbi Kiva holds a person could wound oneself. And that's the version of the Braisa. That Rabbi Kiva told that person, Adam Our Mishnah goes according to the tanoim. Bishitas Rabbi Kiva that holds a person is not allowed to harm himself. Nevertheless, you pay busha. She did it to herself. She's not allowed to do it, but you can't penalize her, but you are also not allowed to do it, and you are can penalize. Continues the Gemara, that man tana deshamat lay the Adam, the Omar ein Adam roshay lechabel ba'atzmoi, who is the Tana? In other words, where do we get this from? Says the Gemara, if you're going to tell me that it's the following Tana, the time to be learned, and Parshas Noyach, after the flood was over, so we have Hashem reiterating the first six of the, what we call today the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noyach, and then adding the seventh, and it's amazing, how it's included in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in two psukim over there. So it says in the Pasuk, Va'ach as dimchem edrash. You know, Hashem says, however, the, the blood of your own souls, I will demand. I will demand the blood of your own souls. So Rashi over there in Chumash says, that's speaking about a person who hung himself. Oh, it's, there's an Isur, of murder, that doesn't only mean I cannot murder someone else. It means I'm not allowed to kill myself. And Edraish, Nabalazar, I'm sorry, the Edraish, Nabalazar, Oimer, Miyad Nafshi Seichem, Edraish as Dimcham, that this Pasik means that a person is held liable for committing suicide. So that's the proof, just like a person cannot kill oneself, a person cannot wound oneself. That's the Tana. Says the Gemara, that's not a Tana. Killing is different. Dilma, Ktala Shiny. Yeah. Killing oneself is different because uh, can't undo that. But when you wound oneself, who says it's us? And based on what? No, we're looking for a source from the Torah for the Tanoim that hold that a, a person cannot bodily injure themselves. Elahai Tanohu, the Tanyom, we learned in Abraisa, Mikod and Alameis, one rents 
one's garments, to express the grief when one of one's close relatives passes away. And it's not considered pagan practice. You know, it says, in Parshas Achrimais, don't follow the statues of the, of, the, of the Goyim. Now, it's not defined what that means, but maybe one might have thought that the Goyim rent their garments, we should not be allowed to do it. Indeed, we are allowed, it's not Darkei not only are we, are we not prohibited, there is a mitzvah. It's one of the things that we actually do. So, however, says Rabbi Lazar, Shumaiti, I heard that if a person rents one garments more than what halacha demands, a tefach, whatever the shit is, do that. But if you do more than that, then you're not allowed to do it. Now, you're not, not the Isris B'chuk, you get Malkis because of the Pasuk of Baal Tashkis. As we spoke out in last year in Pasha Shoiftim, when, when we are making a siege against another city, the Torah tells us that we're not allowed to cut down so don't cut the trees around to make a siege. Don't destroy trees. Even though there, there's already exceptions. If you need the wood to make the siege, then do cut the trees down. In other words, it has to be for a purpose. But stamp to cut trees down is Asr. So if there's an Isra Baltashkis cutting a tree down for no purpose, so if a coach gufai to harm one's body, there's no, then even more so it's Asr. And, and therefore, and we, first of all, no, 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 no. While the person is ripping kriya, they should only rip the amount that halacha demands. Why? I mean, what's the, the, the problem with ripping more than that? That. The, yeah, I think for sure use for No, 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 no. One second. First, first of all, first of all, you could sew it up. Second of all, you can use the other parts for patches. And the more you rip it, the more you make it unusable. So look how much. So says the Gemara, that's not a proof. The Dilma begotten shiny. Maybe ripping a garment is baltashris, because it's irreversible. Even if you sew it up, it's never going to be the same. However, when a person wounds oneself, Hashem made our bodies amazing in such a way that we take a heel. Maybe it's less problematic. And Kihad Rabbi Echanan, Rabbi Echanan used to call his garments, Mechabdusa, those who honor me. And he made a point to dress uh, very uh, noble because they gave him honor. And like Rabchizda, when Rabchizda needed to walk in between thorns, so then what, you know what he did was? So there was an option. Either his garments would protect his feet, but the garments would get ripped, but then his garments would get ripped. So what did he do? He used to pick up the, his garments, he picked up his pants, he picked up his, and he lifted it up a little bit. And Ahmad, I, what happened? So his garments were perfect. But his legs got scratched. So he said, Ze malarucha. The, scra- the, 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 the scrapes will heal. And vizeh, but the clothing ain't a malarucha. So you see that it's less problematic to injure yourself than to your garments. So, uh, so back to the question, what's the source? Eloha tanahu, the tanya, we learned in Abraisa, Omar Abu Lazar ha kapar beribi, Abu Lazar ha kapar the great. The Rebbe said, we had this so much in the Dharam and Nazir, why does it say, in Parshas Nasa, in the Parshat of a Nazir, that the Nazir has to be atoned for the sin, the guy who made a vow to be a Nazir is a sinner? Yes. He answered, because he limited himself in not having wine. So now, says the Gemara of Halei Devarim Kaldor Chaimer, Mazeh, Shalitziyar Atzmi Elamina Yain, Nikra Chaiten, you're a sinner. 
for abstaining just from wine. If you abstain from everything, meaning a purposeless fast. Stam, a fast, Allah has come of a comma that it's considered a chayta. And if a fast is considered chayta, then of course injuring yourself is considered a chayta. Now let's, let's not forget, the Gemara suggested before that fasting is less problematic. First of all, it is less problematic. But the Nekuda here, and as we'll see later in the Gemara, is uh, what I'm doing, is it for a point, is it for a purpose, or is it for no purpose at all? And that's the criterion by Baltashkas. When people shout Baltashkas, the, count, the answer will be, if what you're doing is for a reason, it's no longer Baltashkas. It has to be for no reason. So fast in this way, it's okay. Vited. No, no, yeah. If someone, if someone is doing something for a reason, if the reason is a justifiable reason, if I'm hitting you, I have a reason. But, you know, <laughs> that's not a reason. <laughs> okay, vited. Hakoitzes niti yoisov. So Rabbi Kiva gave another example. If one cut down one's own saplings, so Tani Rabba Bar Barchama Kamedarav, this is stronger mothers. That you should know, look at this case. That there's a Braisa. Now don't forget the Braisas were not written. So whoever learned by their Rebbe Braisa, they taught it. So everyone should know all the Braisa. So he told Rav, wow, Rabba says, look, listen to my Braisa. Shoiri Harakta. If A tells B, A, you B, you killed my ox. Or he tells B, Nitiyoisi Kotsatsta, you cut down my saplings. However, the one who is being accused is not denying by saying, I didn't do it. He says, yeah, I did it, but you told me to do it. He tells him, you told me to kill your ox. Or, you told me to cut it down. Potter, he's off the hook. Wow, if that's the case, then how can you ever take a person to a dentator? And don't forget, we're speaking even in a case where there were Aiden that B, Taka killed the ox. He didn't even have an option to deny it. There's no migu here. No, doesn't have Adam, of course, if there'll be Adam, there's no question. And there's Adam that he did the damage. There's no Migu. He's saying, I did it, but you told me to do it, he's Potter. So Amalei, when Rav heard the Braisa, he tells Rabba Barbar Chana, You're not letting anyone live. No one can take another person to a Dintaira. Can you make such a claim? That's it, that's the end of any claim. You told me to do it. So, and now listen, Rabbah was not going to argue with Rav. Rav has a taina, it doesn't make sense. So Amarle, so Rabbah asked him, Is should I delete it? This is important, delete it from his brain. Nothing was written. What is this Braisa non-authoritative? So Amarle, Rav says, no, never delete a Braisa. Limit it, qualify it. Loi, keep it. But Titarge Masnisach, interpret the Braisa. The ox was anyways condemned to be put to death because the ox was a shoyer that killed someone else. And a base then already passed and the ox should be killed. Or the tree was, it was a tree that needed to be cut down. It's an Asheda tree, a Christmas tree. Nothing changed. So since that had to be destroyed anyway, so when he says that I, you told me to do it, it makes sense because we knew that that needed to get done. But if it needed to get done, then what's the whole dentaita about? What's his taina? Iyachi, my what you know, dentaita, I want money from you because you wronged me. How did he wrong me? Anyways, that needed to be destroyed. So they go, ah, now a new taina. The Amalei, anobu inalum evan ha mitzvah. The toyin, the toyveya, is saying, I wanted the mitzvah. I never told you to, to cut down, to burn the Christmas tree. I wanted the mitzvah to destroy it. You chap my mitzvah. So now a new sugya. Am I going to be penalized and based in if I grabbed away your mitzvah? 
the Tanya like we learned that when it says in Parshas Achrimois v'shafach v'chisom, it says v'shafach as domoi v'chisohu be'afar. That when it comes to slaughtering a non-domesticated animal, in the normal shlachtes today, there's blood all over the place because you don't have to cover blood of a cow or of a lamb or of a, or of a goat. But for non-domesticated animals that we hardly eat. Or for birds, for fowls, for chickens, for kapatas, there's a mitzvah to cover the blood with earth. Now, upon whom is the mitzvah? On the shaykhet, on the owner. So, mi sheshafach yichaseh. And now, there was a story that sheshachat, that one guy, he slaughtered a fowl, or slaughtered, let's say, a deer, and v'kadam chavere v'chisa. And someone else saw it, machaya, there's blood there. He chapped the mitzvah, he covered it. And he demanded of him to give ten golden coins. So that's the case here. So that's the b'raisa. So the b'raisa is saying that if the person who did it is being taken to Adon he wants 10 golden coins, you, you stole my mitzvah. If, if that person says, but you told me to do it, then he'll be potter. Okay, to be continued.